0: Seven o'clock. Do you know where your
1: freedom is? I don't wanna get married. I don't wanna be just like you. Nobody bothered to ask me. They said I ought to be just like you. Well, I could get a marriage license for a husband and me, so I could use it as insurance for my H A R T. Since I can file taxes with the same gender spouse.
0: inadvertently did i invite myself darren <laughs>
2: we i like mean it.
0: i don't know we were
2: i was trying to hide it from you Well, but we when we were drinking having drinks together and you and asked had had an
0: it, edible maybe
1: yes
0: <laughs> i was like what are you doing for your pride show and i didn't know that's what this recording was and he's like oh i forgot to tell you
2: <laughs> no i thought i already did tell you i thought i told <laughs> no. everybody from the very beginning. I no. definitely said something last year that we might all have to get together every year for a Pride episode, but I guess that might be misleading.
0: No, you yeah. didn't say that, but you put out more than one episode a month.
2: So I try to. Um, I something
1: fun, something fun on our side too, guys. Right now, we have um a couple of grad students from Northwestern with us today who awesome. are oh. observing us as we record with you. And um <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh podcasting and what we do and what we all do after we're done
0: so that's awesome that's rad
1: for you and everybody that gets to hear about
0: it so we have to pretend like we're professionals for once
1: (laughs) well what's funny about it is that so you know like they're in here now of course um and they're like i I forgot to tell them this before but i might as well tell them tell them now um you guys will not be able to hear the other side of this so you'll just hear me and andrew talking (laughs) um and mm-hmm. it'll be like it'll be like we're talking to ghosts basically so that's it kind of fits in with the theme it's, it's all cool
2: <laughs> download the episode for the other half exactly right, <laughs> right. just tune in <laughs> get your little orphan Annie decoder pins out
1: <laughs> did everyone love watching paris is burning again how could you not
0: i hadn't seen it in a while and yeah. i had put it in my netflix queue when i saw it come up whatever a couple years ago or something and i was like oh yeah all oh, right okay <laughs> yeah which it, yes
3: is it weird being actually in new york as like a new yorker watching that
1: movie
0: you know what that's what i think i i don't think i had seen it since i moved to new york and i've mm-hmm. now been here uh, 17 and a half years wow
1: wait do the math for me what year is that that's
0: <laughs> i moved right after 9 11.
1: oh wow (laughs) what a time to move to new york
2: (laughs) i was on a (laughs) a buyer's market
0: (laughs) yeah i was on a plane the week after that happened oh my god for a job interview wow people thought i was insane um plus i guess i was already thinking like a new yorker where i was like there's nobody on this flight wow because all these people had canceled and i was like this is comfy. I mean, <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> I got hold to myself. Oh, this feels horrible. good. It was horrible to say that, but even the flight yeah. attendants were like cuz it was also comforting for them. Yeah, You sure. know in a way cuz some of them knew people who Yeah, like, of course. It was the same airline, like United. Oy. Yeah, so they knew some of the uh staff that had been killed and you know so it was also comforting for them so you know yeah. it was kind of funny in a way that like in a, a very dark humor way but, yeah. but i was like on you know in, in retrospect i'm like i was already thinking like a new yorker like,
2: <laughs>
1: real I already state,
2: had the attitude the real hey, Darren,
1: are you are, are you doing that thing where you're already recording right now i am i knew it of course I knew you were i knew it which is good. I'm, but, I'm I'm happy for it.
0: But talking about the New York thing, actually, there were I have some things to say about that as it relates to this film. Yeah, yeah, awesome. and and we'll get to it later.
2: Well, yeah. Well, uh, as per usual, uh, I am doing the thing where I am already recording. <laughs> but everyone always has the option at the end, even if it's in the middle. I will do my best. If you're like, shit, could you just delete that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it hasn't I, happened many times
3: you've listened to our show right we we rarely <laughs> cut anything out i mean have have we actually ever really cut cut anything out just when we got in a fight on air it, it, it only happened <laughs>
1: once <laughs> and, and whenever we've like spilt anything or like, and
2: like it's like it's like
1: bound to happen like you're gonna have a fight with your partner eventually
2: it keeps the relationship spicy yeah Yeah. oh spicy spicy
3: i'm actually surprised it's only happened once (laughs) it's true so so does everybody else
0: knock wood that has not happened with darren and i
1: yeah oh but that's because you you two are made of like sugar and spice and and everything (laughs) nice let's (laughs) face the facts here
0: no it's called we're stoners
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so what you're saying the secret here is that we should we should definitely get high before every show
2: it helps and you know what it's usually for that uh what do they call call it? Where if you're in the same state of mind, you remember something better or, or if that's mm-hmm. old wives tale. I don't know, but I'm usually high when I watch the films. So uh, why not? You're oh. right. Me too.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if you heard, by the way, but uh, January <laughs> 2020 is going to be legalization for Illinois.
2: Congratulations. Yay! So, congratulations.
1: It's gonna be cool shit. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so where I do just... you guys want to start? What should we do?
2: I mean, okay, so welcome, God, what is this, the third, the third annual, yeah. at least one Pride episode per year. I tried to do two. Welcome back, everyone who only listens once a year. <laughs> uh, welcome anybody that's new. I am here with Vanessa, my co-host of the VD Clinic podcast, and Andrew and Maddie of the soon-to-be-talked-about-in-college Uh, Friday the 13th horror podcast. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Hello.
0: Hi. And I have to interject here. Andrew and Maddie, I am actually recording wearing the Friday the 13th shirt that I got. Oh, that's awesome. And I just chugged It's super comfy. Yes.
3: They are nice
2: quality, (laughs) I will say.
0: Right? I got one of the super soft ones. Anyway, go Mm -hmm. ahead. (laughs)
2: Oh, and I just chugged a mug of uh, cold brew coffee out of my Friday the 13th okay. mug. Nice.
3: Yes.
1: You're very on brand today. We and, appreciate
2: and it. And Don't I forget, have,
3: folks,
1: and you're, able, you're a, able to get that same merchandise at teapublic.com.
0: And I have a Legion podcast uh, mug right now.
1: Go, yeah. Legion.
2: Anywho, got...
0: sorry. And that's our shameless plug for the episode. Right. I always
2: forget <laughs> to leave a break anyway. It's a coincidence.
0: So... <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> so, uh, what first year was Gods and Monsters? Second year, the flagship Pride Month show was was that when we did Attraction? Rules of Attraction? Yes, yeah, that was it. And here we are again with Paris is Burning, 1990 yes. documentary 90. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: about 1980s. New York LGBTQ drag ball circuit and other and and related lives. hmm Yes.
3: Yeah, RuPaul can thank this movie for making her famous basically. Without a doubt. Without a doubt.
0: I have a comment later.
3: Okay. <laughs> I thought it may come up.
0: Um I knew it would come up. Mm-hmm. From- Yes, if not for me, from, from your end.
1: <laughs> and this is, it's also experiencing a theatrical re release this year, too.
2: It is. It is. Uh-huh.
1: That is right. So it should, should be really be, interesting. That should
2: be a really cool. I'm, I imagine there's going to be some I, really cool parties at the end of this. I'm episode actually episode. very excited and I will be seeking one out. Yes.
0: But there are issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Which we will. Most likely talk about. I imagine, Vanessa, yes. do you have notes?
0: I do. Um, How <laughs> many pages of notes? I have a lot of pages of notes.
1: Wow. I'm
0: sorry. Not sorry. That's good. Don't be
1: <laughs> sorry. not never be sorry about notes.
0: Um, everything a... from Pepper Labeja's fucking fierce shoulder pads. Um, oh, my God, to... yes. Oh, my God. Um, to... Who has died um, that is in this, uh, that was a subject in this documentary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of them.
3: Yeah. It's interesting to see how much you can pull out of an hour and 17 minute movie.
0: Right. 72 minutes, I think. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. It's very short. And for for how short and brief it is, Jenny Livingston uh, filmed this over six years. Yes, so think about that too, right? It's just—it's right. it's incredible the the length of the project,
0: right? Right, because I think uh, I think I was reading that she started this around 1983. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and and was it uh, this? This was they. Uh, she had funding from the Maplethorpe, or not the Maplethorpe, <laughs> uh, the National for the Yeah,
0: yes, which was going through like primarily in around 87, 88 is where the, there was that major heightened controversy that started around Maplethorpe and Karen right. Finley. Oh, the and, and, Christ.
1: Oh my God, Karen, oh, Karen Finley.
0: Serrano was a, a couple years later, but it started around 87, 88 with, um, there were four artists. Sorry. I was like super censorship geek
2: in school. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did That's you have so a big weird. black fuck the PMRC shirt?
0: No, but I I had a I had a bunch of different articles. I had like obsessive articles and everything coverage of it. Oh yeah. It's the only reason I bought People magazine. Uh, <laughs> it's their coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually very into Maplethorpe's photography too. But the way it all started is that and then so many the fact that so many of these artists that at that time were lgbtq sure and including jenny livingston herself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um lesbian so i mean it's you know she wasn't as radical as some other others who were being singled out and taken to court but it was she did kind of get lumped in somewhat with that um partly timing wise but yeah, again, there was still that homophobia there. And because she was also covering a community that was even farther marginalized, part of the LGBTQ community, being that so many were trans or gender nonconforming.
1: Sure. You know. I mean, and, and also at a time when, you know, AIDS was, was the the entire community in, in the 80s, right in New York, right, right at the heart of it.
0: And that was the further that would yes, that was partly I think what kicked it into high gear at that time, because that was when Reagan was finally admitting that AIDS existed.
3: Yeah, the acknowledgement of the disease finally
0: wasn't that eighty seven or was that? It was around. It was right around there. there. I I think it was.
1: I think it was eighty eight when he finally actually like acknowledged.
0: Yeah. uh, because it was, he,
1: it wasn't until I think it the the number was like fifteen thousand mm-hmm. men had fifteen thousand gay men had died. Of course, other people had died too, but that's like the statistic that I remember. Um, he right. waited until that happened, and then he finally, I think he finally said the word AIDS, mm-hmm. right, for the first time,
0: right. But I knew it was I. Yeah, I f- I knew it was kind of that that last basically year before the election. God, Fucking Reagan. Sorry, I had to turn my mic on mute for a
2: second embrace the of, of your You're
1: totally fine yeah.
0: but no I, I know and that totally was part of that because it's briefly touched upon in this but not a lot and mm-hmm. you know because they do talk about um like hector extravaganza who who started that house he had died in 85 like Venus you see her talking about that right. he died of AIDS and um, and I mean but then she further you know speaks about yes getting AIDS it's, it's a concern of mine because she is she does you know work as an escort. escort at times yeah. mm-hmm. yes
3: I think it was a really good decision for the filmmaker to not make it all about like the AIDS epidemic, because what comes right. out of this is really like a celebration of that culture, right. which is not yes. always touched upon. I mean, we have learned about it now. Uh, because of this movie, but it could have easily been buried in history I'm that this doubt. that this happened because it was really isolated mm-hmm. and it was only in one community so it's interesting that we actually got to see this.
1: Yeah and like honestly like thank goodness like Jenny Livingston like had the um had the idea to connect with the people that she had met in Washington Park one day mm-hmm. and right. like, really get this on film get this archived so that people would remember. Um, really like not just like gay people, but but people of color. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you know, this this year is a is a particularly um interesting year for pride because it's it's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall of Stonewall. And um, I think a lot of people don't know enough about Stonewall <laughs> and how um, yeah, and how like, I wanted to bring this up. Yeah, I... and like how foundational it is to our history as LGBT people in America. And um, you know, I think if if people do have like a sort of like a cursory understanding of it. They usually think of stonewall as like okay i know it's a bar in new york and i think it happened like on one night mm-hmm. and they forget that it was a series of three nights actually and that it was a riot all the way um and that a, it was
0: it was a rebellion yeah. exactly. I, I watched
2: the drunk history on that last night randomly
0: like, <laughs> it, isn't that awesome with marsha p johnson she's like <sighs> oh, that shit. like that is <laughs> and she, yeah the no p bar.
1: stands for pay it no mind <laughs> um, <laughs> right and, you know, like, the, and, and the thing to remember, too, about Stonewall is that, once again, it was, you know, it was drag queens, and they were people of color. They were the ones that that threw the first brick.
0: And non and... nonconforming. Because, exactly. because even the lesbians there, many of them were described as, I mean, we don't use certain, and this is something I wanted to also speak about, sure. is terminology. But at that time, you're describing stone butches and bull daggers, which yeah. is a word that does come up in this movie and you don't hear it as much now even though there are still there are still people in the lesbian and queer female community that identify that way yeah sure but yes they are usually of a certain generation but
2: Mm -hmm. they're still
0: there and forgetting our our history and actually when darren was here i had gotten to this discussion with his wife his better half <laughs> amanda better i don't half. yes i darren i don't know if you heard this but michael musto recently wrote this article and he he sets it up as this imagined conversation at a gay bar that he has with and he's you know he, and he's in his 50s um i think early 50s and he's imagining this conversation he has in a bar with a gay man who's in his early 20s and it's kind of based on and you know inspired by things he overhears in bars and conversations he's had with younger people in the gay community and it is about this sense of forgetting or not yeah. knowing our history and our sure. icons and one thing that is that we speak about in here you have for instance like the the queen dorian uh cory talks about as applying makeups talking about here are the icons of this era we mm-hmm. strive to be marilyn monroe and elizabeth taylor you know whatever these different people uh, you know and now it's this other thing and it's turned into models and blah 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 yeah sure so Michael Musto art, article, like he points out where, oh, he's having this conversation and somehow whatever Star Born comes up. And the young 20 something is like, oh, God, I was so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and then it flashed to Musto and he says something about, like, well, Judy Garland did it better or whatever. And hmm. and the other one doesn't get it and doesn't realize this is what the fourth incarnation of a Star is yeah, Born. Sure. Yeah, or, right. And then doesn't even get who judy garland is and then Good it's like God. oh yeah, yeah oh wait a minute i have to jog my memory yeah i kind of remember wizard of oz but that's the only context that this young gay man yeah has for judy garland and then musto brings it back to do you even know how judy relates to the stonewall riot right. and not that Judy Garland, in her death, started the Stonewall Rebellion, but... Here I am, world! Get <laughs> out of here, cops. We're done. Forget all your troubles. Come on, get happy. Just leave them alone. Leave the gays alone. <laughs> but that is part of that story. And that is something that is It is a cultural part yeah. of what happened that, that initial night. And then looking at the demographic of the people who were there and, you know, and what, then it became, no, it isn't just, no, we were sitting here, yeah, maybe having a drink because we're sad Judy Garland died. But then it's like, you know what? The cops pushed us around too many fucking times. Yeah. This is just the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. And like, it just happens to be this night but again, it's still where it, and also how many people of the, the the like younger LGBTQ community people know the full extent of what the AIDS crisis did. They,
1: to they, us. they don't. They and, don't. And
0: I mean, there were some of us that took care of people and lost friends, you know, to the disease. And I mean, it's not like we didn't have prep. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't have all of these different things before that now where we're on the verge of like a cure and all this stuff. But well come on, I'm sorry we have been before, but okay, we're not gonna get into conspiracy <laughs> theories. Right, sure. But you know what I'm saying is that there are these different things that what does and it is wonderful it is wonderful that we have gotten to a point too also when you're talking about look at the people in this movie who are trans or gender non-conforming and mm-hmm. how one our vocabulary has expanded Mm-hmm. to accommodate people of so many different gender expressions and gender identities, because it isn't just the binary. And and also, there are so many more possibilities, still limited, unfortunately, but still, but there are more, it, there at least is a wider conversation now about, in a certain sense of trans visibility now, that didn't exist when right. these people were, you know, when these when this was filmed and when this was released.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you know, speaking of, of of history and and young LGBT people today, not really mm-hmm. having a full understanding of where of where we've come from, I think this uh, this film is extremely important for that reason alone, mm-hmm. and, and we know that. I think mean, that that's that that's pretty obvious. But, you know off of what of what you were just saying there vanessa like i think that a lot of especially um white young lgbt people really don't have an understanding that the the hard work was really done uh by 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 people of color um and in, in the yes. 80s and, and in the 90s and they were the ones who suffered doubly and suffered harder in a lot of ways um and still continue to suffer today mm-hmm. and they did the hard work of of um you know, you, you spoke back there of, of, uh, of like creating like new terms and, and creating new vocabulary. You know, I think that, that that very expansive sort of soul expanding work, and I really do mean that, was really done by them. You know, they, they were the ones who uh, were brave enough and courageous enough, I think, to take the steps towards defining what their lives uh, really meant to them and to say fuck you to anybody that, uh, that, didn't, that didn't agree. Um, and you know, Andrew, what you were saying about, you know, the, the filmmaker not making this about AIDS, it's, it's such an important thing because Mm -hmm. it's about celebration. And I think that's the other thing too, is like, you know, we're, 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 we're a community that, that has always had to fight whether it's in America or whether it's anywhere else in the world. And we, and we still have this, this today
3: and, and with each other to be fair and with
1: each other, you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're so right. Go to boy's town any night of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, that being said, like, our community is also about celebration. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is one of the, the, it's one of the stereotypes that I think that we're known for, but that I think is entirely true. Because we do know how to throw a good party. And we do know how to celebrate because it comes from a place of, it comes from-
0: we're called gay for a reason.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but like you know, that, that thats the, the, When when things are dark for you, you are bound to celebrate harder than somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because when you have the moment to actually smile, and you have the moment to, um, you have the moment to throw up your hands and just say "fuck it," I just need to like
3: let loose, let
1: loose, and be in my own and be in my own space, and be in my own body, and be in my own world.
0: Hold on, and I then,
1: have. And then there Go ahead it is. And
0: finish your thought that I have something related to that.
1: No, go ahead, please.
0: I'm trying to find my note where it it it, it is.
1: It's on page fifteen, dear. <laughs> <laughs> joking,
3: joking, joking.
0: Oh, I don't have that many people.
3: Well, in all seriousness though, like that's why sometimes, you know, that's why we want gay bars we, we want to be with our people for a change sure. like start sorry straight people you get everything else yeah. like can we not have this one little thing for ourselves where we can feel at least a, a a safeness and a likeness with everyone around us and just really just be ourselves for a change instead of you know trying to become and they say this in the movie blend in yeah. being being you know showing your realness because i think that's what a lot of us do on the day-to-day especially before we came out is we were just trying to blend in can i ask you a question about that sure
1: do you feel like um lgbt spaces are disappearing or shrinking
3: absolutely um but i i want to preface that a little bit is because especially
0: especially lesbian places Mm -hmm. yeah
3: yeah It's,
0: it's at a faster rate i i don't know why
3: yeah no i I, but i do think that we especially living in urban areas they are disappearing because i think people feel okay going wherever yeah sure and those places are not as sacred as maybe they once were Hmm. because there is a little bit more of understanding in the world and i'm especially talking about big cities i'm not talking about like your your local gay bar or whatever
1: your 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 uh your small town gay bar
0: but i think with the rise of the internet we have more ways of meeting one another. Yeah. Very sure. true. So yeah. People now who aren't necessarily drinkers, they don't have to go out to a bar to meet a person because it used to be, that was the only way you could meet someone. Right
1: like, Now the bar like, is called grinder
0: right, right. well, or Tinder whatever, or whatever,
1: you know. or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have there, there's an expansive options because of that. And that's has been great, but you know, Whatever we still need us, we still need these spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, does that important? Does that make
1: you folks sad that that LGBT places are shrinking or
0: disappearing? Yeah, I am.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Me too. it's it's weird to go through Boys Town now and be like, oh, there's really only like five or six of these. Yeah. Like there's not, it's not the whole row I, anymore. I was just,
1: um, we, we, I, we, we had a friend in town. Um, it, he's on Twitter. He's uh, the baby guy NYC. And he, he's mm-hmm. a, a fan of our show. And he was in, he was in town from Denver. And so I, I took him around uh, with a couple of his friends. And we, we had a great time in Boys Town. And when, when we got there, it was his first time there. And I said, um, you know, it's... Boys Town now is sort of like, remember like when you were a kid and you went to Toys R Us and it was just, it looked huge.
3: Uh-huh, but right. then like
1: you, you go there and I know it's gone now, but you go there as an adult and it's like the smallest thing in the world. Right. That's kind of like what, at least in Chicago, Ooh. it feels like to us. it's us. No, it's sort of like that when we go to Boys Town now.
0: That's what the West Village is here in New York. Yeah, I haven't sure seen is. that since I've lived here. And I know It was even bigger before I before I moved. I I mean, I have friends or native, you know, native New Yorkers who lived over there and for years and like moved there, like in the early nineties, and basically were kind of like, okay, I early, you know, early to mid two thousands were kind of like, I can't, it's all these places are starting to disappear and it's becoming too straight. I mean, that was a complaint. I'm like, (laughs) okay, that's a little, you know, ridiculous, but, but still it was the fact of, I mean, there still are many, many businesses over there that are gay owned or specifically for, you know, many gay bars or whatever, but definitely not as many. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, partly that's also New York real estate has pushed a lot of places out They're Unfortunately, you know, as soon as their leases decade, whatever lease was up, they were trying to raise the rent to some outrageous amount. They weren't even trying to work with people. And yeah. that's that's a sad part of it. But OK, speaking of economics, because this there's a class issue here too and, and you're also you know you brought up the racial issue obviously but here i found the note that i wanted to
1: <laughs>
0: me I've been, oh, i was trying i found it because <clears throat> this speaks volumes to why this came out of these balls came out of a, a group of people who's predominantly african-american
3: mm-hmm.
0: or of african descent you know or latino and then or that they're all of a certain economic status too but anyway this the one i can't remember whose name it was i didn't write that down the note but what he said was and this was one as he as he's is this the the scene that he's walking is a military tableau and he's in, it's this specific kind of realness that, you know, in trying to portray this certain image. And he's like, this is white America. We for the past 400 years have been the greatest example of behavioral modification of civilization. Sure, We we have had everything taken away from us and yet we have learned how to survive. I, I just thought, yeah and you and that's exactly what you were saying about we as any kind of lgbtq you know individual we we walk through daily lives and have to navigate okay passing or you know mm-hmm. whatever or in and i say this i mean here we are we are four individuals who are all cisgender so we have a difference than many of these individuals who are in this film. We are all white. Okay. So we have a difference of many of these individuals in this film. So, you know, there's that, but it's just that I have to say, I have, I recognize that as a more femme presenting lesbian, I can quote unquote pass
2: in everyday
0: life. And that does make things easier at times. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I haven't had my job threatened for being gay, <laughs> because I have. But it's it definitely gives a certain advantage to, and that is the unfortunate bias that exists and what many trans or gender nonconforming people face when they are applying for jobs in the sure. workforce. And so when they talk about in this film what do these people do for work? Because they may they may make some money at the balls, but they're not you know paying rent with that.
1: Of course not.
0: So how are you paying rent? Well, in the percent I mean it's we let's talk about the high statistics because this also does bring up the issue of lgbtq homelessness and runaways like youth who run away and then you know those who go into sex work mm-hmm. and sure. so there is a i you know i don't have the stats right here but it's a pretty significant unfortunately it's higher in the trans and gender nonconforming community Because sometimes that is the only economic solution they have.
3: Well, and I think that kind of leads to in this movie, it led to the formation of the houses. I mean, that's what I mean, it was all these people coming together that necessarily didn't have the best of living situations, Mm -hmm. having a quote unquote family and having um, those people all come together for a common purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. mostly for, you know, winning the balls and everything. But it was also a way of coming together and saying this is our family and we're right. all working together to a either pay rent or be like just be with our people. Right. And, and I think that's an important part of this movie that, um, that they do hit on, but, um, yeah. it's, it's the formation of the, your chosen family well, rather than when you get, you know, when you get turned away from your born family.
1: Precisely. And, and, and they knew it was about survival just as we know it too. And the, the reality is that the um, the essence of our LGBT-ness is always going to make us different than straight people. It's just the way that it is. Uh, the way that we have sex is different. The way that we think about sex is different. The way that we think about coupling is different. It's just different. And we're sort of in this race today to become straighter. Um, and I think that it's, um, I don't know. I, I think sometimes <laughs> it, it can be a little alarming because that's not really... What I want to do with my queer life, Um, and I think
0: it's saying that
1: it's my pleasure. Um, (laughs) You know, I I, because because I really believe it. You know, I I think like you know, yeah, like do I want to get married? Sure. I I don't think that marriage is necessarily like like a straight concept. Um, I I think that uh, I think that denying queerness, and I think that assimilation um, is, is anti-queer. And I think that it's harmful to yourself as an LGBT person. And we see it all the time, you know, especially with, with, with white gay men. Um, and you know, the very classic thing is like on Grinder or, or somewhere else where you'll see people say mask only or, you know, things, things like that, um, or no femmes or, or, or they'll, they'll be very racist, very overtly racist in, in Which, their preferences. I, um,
0: and, and that was actually, and I know on, Over at VD Clinic, I've for I well, I maybe a couple other times in random podcasts, but I've hold on, I um, I've brought up that I just because I know I get frustrated by the whole butch femme dichotomy, Mm -hmm. especially as a woman and as a feminist, I get really, really frustrated with it. Sure, yes, I'm primarily femme presenting but I feel like I I mean also for women in in culture now it's we can wear pants and have hair shorter than you know like our shoulders and like men can have longer hair like straight men can have longer hair like gender lines or like norms with the ways of dress are a little bit more blurred so and as a woman I can get away with more of just androgynous whatever or something that might have maybe you know 50 years ago would have been considered butch you know uh quote quote, unquote but sure i have certain traditional the whatever quote-unquote feminine traits then i have quote-unquote traditional masculine traits like those those so many of us that are a mix of those qualities or look whatever just are left out and Mm -hmm. It's really as a single woman <laughs> yeah, lesbian, sure. it is super frustrating. But, you know that, I think super that that's
1: the great thing about about this particular film is that it it reminds us to celebrate you know who we are as, as LGBT people um, well, and, and to to be very loud about it and to be to be very celebratory, to to remember um, the systems that we've built for ourselves for survival, to remember the systems that we've built for ourselves for celebration um, and to to really use them. Um, and, and to remember that like our, our survival is, is based on, on celebration as well. And, and celebrating, not just like the fun of life, um, whenever Mm -hmm. you can find it, but also like the deep, the deep, um, the deep and lovely qualities of you that make you who you are. And, you know, I often hear people like we, we've, we, I remember we interviewed somebody before, um, who's a, he's he's an, he's an older, an older, but you know, he's an older gay man, Mm -hmm. great guy. But I remember him describing himself when he, um, when he when he met us and when we, when we started the interview with him and he said and i was like oh i know and yeah this person you know he's a he's you know, 50 or whatever and, and he's gay and he's like actually yeah. you know um i'm a lot of other things i'm an actor and i'm this and i'm that and i just also happen to be gay yeah and i, and I let it go but in my head i was yeah. like no bitch actually like yeah. being gay is a huge part of as of, of who i am it mm-hmm. describes me not just like for um who i like to have sex with but also about like my politics, it describes um, the way that I live my life. It describes my outlook on things. It describes so many yes. parts of actually who I am inside. Um, you know, being queer is something that I love. i'm I'm grateful that I was born this way. I, I, I'm absolutely like i'm I'm astounded that i that I get to experience life um, in this very unique way that other people don't. And there's not a lot of us out there. Mm-hmm. There's really not, even though it seems like there are, like, 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 there are more of us now. And there's more of us out, um, but we're still a pretty small community when you get right down to it. And we really do need to celebrate who we are more, um, and stop racing to straightness because um, mm-hmm. I think that we're we're just harming ourselves. Andrew, what do you think?
3: (laughs) Well, I I think that it's really, it's the human condition. We're all trying to assimilate in some way, shape or form, just because that's all we know. That's how we grew up. That's, we had looked at our parents and we said, that's what you're supposed to do. So to really break that mold takes a lot from a person. It's hard hard to be yourself sometimes. It's hard to accept some of the things that you were born with. And it, it, it is important to celebrate those things. Um, but at the same time, sometimes that's a little tough. It's I tough. mean, it, it's coming to terms with yourself uh, as being queer, gay, lesbian, transgender, and then really, how am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? Because yeah. there is no, there is no path for us. There is no, um,
1: there's no mold. There's no
3: mold for us to fit into. We gotta kind of go down our own path and kind of see where that goes. Um, so that's the only thing I would say, kind of about that, is that. Yes, I, I think it's great, I, but it, it's tough, yeah.
1: you know? You, you know who we haven't heard from in a while is the non-LGBT person in the conversation. <laughs> where, Where is he? Oh,
2: like, I've just been enjoying the conversation. Um, <laughs> there he is. He's right there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Going, going back to the disappearance or growth of more specific LGBTQ clubs, uh, the only one that's really closed here, uh, you're much larger cities. I think we only have about a million people here. One one club, uh, I guess, more closely associated with this this movie is where all the best drag shows were, was a club called Wall Street. They closed about two years ago. They'd been open for 30 years, I think.
1: Wow. Incredible.
2: Um. But there, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's other places I've never heard of, but like the really jumping lesbian bars called Slammers and, uh, there's Axis and the Eagle for the Eagle. Wow. Yeah. I
0: think I went to the Eagle back in the day.
2: (laughs) You know, I forget which one was my old boss usually met his young gothy boyfriends, but I'm pretty sure it was at, uh, Axis or the Eagle. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say
3: one thing that I really wanted to call out in this movie that has really um, been brought into popular culture now is the vocabulary of this movie. Big Thank, time. You. Um,
0: Thank you.
3: There is a lot of straight people out there going work, work, slay, <laughs> like all this stuff that slay girl, slay comes from this Throw in culture.
2: Throwing shade. Sh-
3: shade. Um, the hot tea, like all it mm-hmm. fog. It, it comes from this culture, and I, it has not um celebrated enough that it comes from this culture, in my personal opinion. I think that um straight Agreed. culture and straight culture and VH1 and all these places have taken that and used it for marketing purposes at this point and now it has you know kind of made its way into popular culture whereas if you went up to the average person and said hey do you like know where that that term comes from they right. would probably not know
0: but isn't that how language evolves yeah for sure didn't you rather words from the queer community start assimilating into the society as a whole so that we are included in the society as a whole that's I under- that's that's I interesting it's your I, argument but i also see it this way too i, I, I think i think I'm a... that makes us part of the discussion maybe people I, I wish people would know the origins absolutely yeah. but it's still that actually speaks volumes that we are being included without maybe certain people <laughs> realizing yeah yeah we're here
1: <laughs> yeah sure i i, I think i think what it is though is it's like i'm 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 perfectly fine with like queer vocabulary being assimilated by by like mm-hmm. you know non-queer culture like that's cool um except when it's not cool and when it's not cool is when we're we're mostly disrespected i mean like think about it this way
2: well,
3: in
1: america and like some some of our listeners might not know this but you can still be fired in a majority of states because you're an LGBT person you can be fired from your job you can be denied housing um, and you can be denied public accommodations and public accommodations are things like going to the movies or like going to a coffee shop or going to a restaurant things like that and so like while America is perfectly like fine like saying like slay work like what they're forgetting is that like they're not doing the work for us and we continue to do the work for them and so like we're, we're doing the work for them by expanding their, their, uh, their minds and by expanding their vocabulary. We've done the work in major cities. Like you, you can follow the, the, the path of gay people in Chicago and you can see how uh, neighborhoods have been beautified uh, by our community. And then when it gets too pricey because gay people make less money in the world, then we have to move and go somewhere else. So you can look at a place like Boys Town, which is still called Boys Town, which is kind of hilarious because it's mostly straight people that live there now. And all the poor gays like us, for example, we couldn't afford to live there if we even tried. So like, you know, we, we live in, in still great neighborhoods. It's just, it's, it's illustrating the point that, that we do a lot of the work um, for other communities to, to, to live better lives. And we do it um, even though we're not afforded our own better lives. And that and that's a really sad thing. You know, yesterday in the in the house, I know this is this is coming out in June, but we're recording this in May. Surprise, that's how podcasting works sometimes. <laughs> um, and and yesterday in, in the House of, of Representatives, the, the Equality Act passed, which is fantastic. It's wonderful. Um, and actually, if you can believe it, eight Republicans voted yes for it. I was um,
2: shocked by that. Me, I, too. me too. Me too. Will
1: it will it will it pass the Senate? Who knows? But, <laughs> yeah. but you, you you can guarantee this trump ain't gonna sign shit so like you know it's i don't know i'm not really arguing a point here i guess what i'm trying to say (laughs) is like it's it's cool that it's cool that we're accepted that that's that's all fine and well but like the reality is that if the if any of the three of us were to die tomorrow we would die never having lived as a full citizen of this country right and that should shock people it should make you angry and it should remind you that like the elected officials that you count so dearly on the, you you can't depend on them all the time you do mm-hmm. have to be like the queers at Stonewall who finally just said you know what fucking enough like i'm not doing this anymore so if you don't like it i'm going to put a fucking brick in like like in your face like stop touching me stop stop denying me what is mine stop like oppressing my life, stop rating my bars, stop making me feel like I'm a piece of shit. Like I know what my life needs and I know who I am and I'm proud of who I am and you're not going to tell me different anymore.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, I think the big-
1: go, go ahead, Vanessa.
0: Well, I think that's like what this film embodies- Totally. Is this sense of where they're saying I, and they, these are people of color who are queer, people of color outright saying i am emulating dynasty and these spoiled rich people white rich people i see on tv and i want to
1: be a spoiled rich girl
0: exactly right exactly i love her
1: so much it's so sad that she's dead i know
0: i know oh my goodness i know i want to be a spoiled rich white girl like
1: I don't have to worry about anything. They just get cars and they get candy. And
0: even Octavia. And and then men just buy them
1: whatever they want.
0: Yeah. And even Octavia, who's like, initially says rich. And then she's like, no, just comfortable.
2: And I (laughs) get that.
0: We all don't want to have to worry about living to paycheck to paycheck or even worrying about if we're going to get a paycheck to begin with. You know what I mean? We all kind of strive for that to some extent. But so that's where you do have it and many of these individuals. it's still this American dream that they want. But what they're saying at the same time is, I have been so marginalized, and i this gives me an opportunity to be seen. Yes. I am seen for in all my gloriousness. And in talking about like the different categories, it allows so many more. It's not just a beauty contest. It allows so many more body types and ages, and like you have a category for butch queens because you know what butch queens is a thing. Okay? Oh, you want
1: a butch queen? Oh, you want a you know, butch queen? Oh my god, I love that part of the movie.
0: Right, and it's true. I see butch queens in my neighborhood, and totally. I'm glad to see it's portrayed here. Because what
1: is your um what is what is your favorite category in the movie?
0: Um, My favorite category.
1: Mine is schoolboy realness. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so funny when with I, 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 I well, they they never say their name, but when when he just sits down reading, yeah, and everyone is yes. like, oh, looking oh. good,
0: yeah. It's, it is
1: hilarious. It's so funny, and and it's like so wonderful too. Yeah, I think I like executive realness.
3: <laughs> yes, best.
0: Totally, executive realness is pretty amazing. Wow. But I also like um. But is that the Banji girl?
2: Mm-hmm, or yeah. Banji
0: woman? I can't remember mm-hmm. if they say girl mm-hmm. or
2: woman.
1: What does Banji sound like, folks?
0: Hmm. And and um and it's you know, I'm telling you, because it's like I have seen that woman in my neighborhood. Because yeah. I, I live in a largely Caribbean, like an either immigrant or first generation right. neighborhood, and that's many of these women i mean i'm in brooklyn this is coming primarily out of harlem Mm -hmm. but it's still of course there were some who would come from other parts of the city up to harlem for the balls and i love it because a couple of the venues i'm like oh yeah i've been in there for other things (laughs) and it hasn't changed the decor (laughs) oh god
3: i like how they they uh for the the banshee girl they uh, they say like Oh, she's that girl sitting on the corner talking about your husband.
0: <laughs> yes, totally. Exactly. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I know that woman. Because like in Brooklyn, where they had, it's a stereotype that is all, you know, you've crossed into Brooklyn from Queens because immediately you see a million barber shops and beauty salons. Mm-hmm. And there are all those women there and they're talking, they're gossiping like that. It's <laughs> That's why I kind of love that guy. Now,
1: Darren, was this your first time seeing it?
2: In preparation for the, I watched it three times. Okay, but they were all after it was you, Maddie. I, if I remember correctly, who picked this film, by the way?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, after you suggested it, I went on a little search. I think I'm pretty sure I said this in our chat, but I looked up how much it cost to buy the DVD because that's I was like, oh, that's something I'd like to have on my shelf, and I was seeing you know a hundred. $30 or some oh, shit. Oh,
1: sure, yeah.
2: And I panicked for a couple seconds while I was pulling <laughs> up Netflix to- Yeah, it's not <laughs> And I was like, oh, great, it's right there. I better watch it right now because Netflix- disappears. Yeah, it'll just disappear because Disney bought another company. So I watched it that day. I was like, sweet. And I've, I've watched it twice since then. So That's yes, awesome. it, it was- it was my first time with this.
1: So what? So I mean, we've we've seen this, you know, right. I've seen it dozens of times. Like uh, yeah, for you, Darren, seeing it seeing it for the first time. What was it? What was it like for you on on that first view?
2: I was fascinated. I I mean, I feel like I saw something somewhere about how sometimes this movie is shown to people in the the new school of drag and stuff like that to like teach about the history. Sure. And. Uh, I have a limited uh, here in Columbus. The punk scene and the drag and the burlesque scenes intersect a lot. You know, mm. there's there's a lot of shows where there's burlesque or uh, something in between bands, and so I had a little bit of experience with that. I know I knew more drag kings than drag queens. Interesting. But this was not like it was. You know, this is. Very different and very New York. is the New York that you know they talk about in the '80s movies, where there's just trash everywhere, and you're gonna die.
3: Yeah, I said that watching. <laughs> I said that watching the movie uh, when we were watching. I was like, "Look how trash that park is!" No, no, yeah. no, no,
0: no. Well, no, no. <laughs> so let me chime in as the as the the, the uh, New Yorker. So they talk about like all these hopes and dreams of going someplace far away and then at the end of the film they just go back to hang out at the Christopher Street Pier. They are yeah. all still hanging out there. Right. And it's only slightly cleaner.
1: <laughs>
0: the same kind of stuff goes on. Of course. They are also hanging out in the meatpacking district, which is only slightly cleaner. But this I mean some of the same stuff same the some some of the same stuff goes on in those same areas and the only thing in the same with the parts that are in the the west village like over by the christopher street stop and the stonewall inn uh mm-hmm. yeah they had in that uh little they're out in the street there and <laughs> i know i'm just like and i'm just sitting there i'm like okay yeah been there okay wait no it, it's pretty much the same as it was tuesday i mean it, you know it's you right. would think it would have changed more But the fact is, it is still the certain segment of society that is still in that area, and that still, unfortunately, is at risk for, you know, many of them are homeless, many of them, you know, LGBTQ youth, many of them are, you know, doing sex work to survive, or they're just homeless And they're subject for anybody, you know, who can come up and rob them, whatever, or police brutality because the police over there are particularly bad and and like that precinct. And when you were saying earlier about assimilation and, and everything, it's right. I, we all want equality. We can agree on that, but. It's like, the okay, for instance, the day that gay marriage became legalized by the Supreme Court, there was a massive press conference and big to-do outside of the Stonewall Inn. At the same time, I was marching, like, with the trans day of action from the Christopher Street Pier over there by that police precinct to protest their treatment and all through the village, you know, because of their, they were still a segment of society that, okay, you got all these activists right now that, and they're all focused on gay marriage, you know, and that was a problem. I mean, I don't know if they're getting better, but like human rights campaign, as far as an organization goes, it wasn't that they were transphobic. It was just the fact that they would not.
1: No, no, actually, actually, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll say it right now. Okay. HRC was without a doubt transphobic. Were when, they? When, I, when the, when the, when I the, wasn't
0: involved with, you know, all of it. And I just, but I know what I read and. I mean, not now. Turn me off, but they,
1: they are not, they are not now. And, and, you know, there are, there are good, listen, there are good trans people that I know that work for HRC, but I mm-hmm. will without a doubt say that, you know, in the last decade when uh, the Employment Undiscrimination Act was going through Congress, and when hrc uh, when they when they capitulated and said that no we'll take trans people out of enda yeah. so that they don't have to be protected that was that was the hrcs doing like the politicians went to them what? and whatever his fucking name at the head of it joe salomons or whatever his fucking name was okay. you know they they said yeah it's, it's okay to take trans people out of this because we'll take whatever we can get and and you know it's 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 going back to what i was saying that 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 race to straightness that that race to assimilation um, will allow you to take scraps from the table, um, and you shouldn't. You know, instead, you know, you should you should dance and celebrate and say, no, actually, I have my own table, and at my table, like we eat beautiful food and we come in beautiful costumes and we have a beautiful dance party and we have a ball and we do what we need to do and we don't need to base it off of what non-LGBT people do, and HRC just over and over and over again does it wrong. Um, another example about HRC where they where they did it wrong. I was I was at the HRC gala in Chicago uh, in 2017. Um, HRC galas are the, they're they're their own thing. Um, I could, the, the, we'll, we'll need an, another episode just to talk about how awful they are. Um, but this particular one, they were honoring Barilla pasta, and you know HRC the the model of how they do things is this. Like if, and if you don't know the controversy about Barilla pasta, it's this the guy that owns it in Italy said some fucking insane shit about gay people and basically said like gay people should not eat my pasta. And so of course gay people got mad and we didn't eat their pasta. That's fine. We, we will not eat your stupid pasta. Right. Um, I don't need those carbs anyway. Number one. Um, but beyond that, like what HRC does is that they find people like that. They find companies where they know that there's an opportunity and then they go and they take that opportunity. And they go to, they go to a, a company like Barilla and they say, look, here's what you're going to do. We're going to fix all your PR. We're going to give you awards. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And here's how much you're going to pay us. And that's their model of doing business. And I think it fucking sucks. Um, and while they are doing some good work, and like I said, there are some good people there on the whole. I'm not a fan of HRC. If you didn't get that from all well, of that. Oh, and by the that... way, if you, ever, if you ever go to San Francisco and you want to go to Harvey Milk's camera shop, um, mm-hmm. Do you know what's in Harvey Milk's camera shop right now on Castro? What? What? It is an HRC gift shop. Oh, so ju- just to like make it even <laughs> worse, they've <laughs> they've created a theme park basically like out of Castro and out of Harvey's like beloved and like sacred camera shop.
0: Nowhere. And now
1: you can go there and buy your fucking HRC t-shirts. Cool. Cool, That's dude. So Have a good day. Back to Pepper La Beja. <laughs>
3: So yes, I was going to ask, if you uh, were going to run in a house, go for a house, which house? Because as much as I think I would love to be a Labeja, I'm definitely more of a Penn Davis.
1: So <laughs> really? mm. I might be a ninja. I don't know. Oh. Like, just like go for something like really different. I might be in House of Ninja.
2: I don't, yeah. I'm very unaware of myself, so I have no idea.
1: Honey, you're just, we're, we're just going to put you in extravaganza.
2: I would be an extravaganza
0: just because there's an x in the name and i I need that and you could do so much with that costume wise (laughs) as a former costumer my heart bursts every every time i mean it just it will burst through my chest every time i see this movie and when i was in college uh in a little after and when i like when i was first coming out actually in southern alabama I spent a lot of time doing costumes for drag queens. And some of the ones who just were the most accepting and encouraging of me, not that others weren't, don't get me wrong, but the ones who just were so encouraging and were just so into building up a young queer person's confidence were African-American gay men and trans women. Mm-hmm. in in drag queens it, it was just it was it was interesting that and that's I, I've always I don't know I be I always they made me feel very accepted even though yes we had many of course differences and experiences in growing up in an area that had some serious race issues but so our experiences of course were going to be very different in that way but it, they were still like, no, and like it just bringing you in. And, and they they understood this sense of otherness and they didn't want anyone else to feel that. And, you know, like I said, it wasn't that other people, other members of the queer community didn't extend themselves, but it was just in a, a kind of different way. Mm-hmm. Well, I found were,
3: that the most oppressed people usually are the most kindest people.
0: Yeah. And it was... And that's what you see here when you have like Angie extravaganza as the mother of the house talking about you know her children and and everything it's it is this just sense of no come to me community and like I've had to go through these things before you know what I mean like th- all these issues or whatever let me try to help you as you go through them or try to help you navigate things so you don't have to go through some of it
3: Mm -hmm. learn from my experiences
0: right exactly as as, you know partly as an older person and it's interesting too that um they're talking about like you just kind of like start flocking to one another once you find out someone is gay Mm -hmm. you know what I mean or so that you can start in a way building your own community and I certainly know that I went through that when I came out. Yeah. Like total strangers even, like mm-hmm. on my college campus were like, oh, wait, <laughs> you're open? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Where's we, the club? I
3: need to go. Can,
0: we can talk, <laughs> yeah. you know. So
1: a little tidbit about the film that maybe but, um, listeners don't know mm-hmm. is about Dorian Corey. Um, Dorian Corey. uh died. of Yeah, about to tell that that little story. Mm -hmm. Um, So Dorian Corey died of AIDS, uh, related complications in 93. And after, um, after they died, the mummified body of Robert Worley, um, who's also known as Robert Wells, was found in Dorian's uh, belongings with a gunshot wound to the head. Um, He had been dead for about fifth 15 years and I guess like there are some speculations about like how this like actually occurred um but it's pretty clear that Dorian killed Robert who was uh, her boyfriend um and then like wrapped him in a rug basically and hid him in her closet for that long yeah. and it's crazy like I mean it was during like probably during the film well no it had to be, it had been yeah like, during the film that exactly. the body was there no and so you know exactly. we're watching this movie now and like there's this killer on the screen like telling us all about drag culture right. with some really like choice lines that like are just like, like amazing yes. to hear. And the whole time is a body in the fucking closet. Like how crazy is that?
0: Right. I did it's not a... know that. Yeah, well, it was in, in the police speculation because this guy had a previous, I think, conviction, I, I think for like a, a robbery and Rape or some like attempted or sexual assault or something, so they think it was a self defense, yeah, type mm. thing, and that Dorian was scared, you know, because of gender oh, of identity Let and everything, out. and felt that the cops wouldn't understand, and so it was, you know, just out of self preservation, hid the body.
2: Did that happen before or after Venus was strangled to death? No, it was
0: supposed to have happened like in
1: It must have happened before because if no, Dorian it... died in 93, but 93 minus minus fifteen is Oh no,
0: like sixty-eight or something. Oh okay. Yeah, the late sixties. Oh wow. Like Sixty eight, wow. sixty-nine, yeah. And, but
1: don't look in my closet, folks. <laughs> you never you never know what you're gonna find.
0: But Venus died in eighty-eight.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Which that's kind of the the heartbreak and the yes. um, the culmination of the movie really is when you realize that you've spent so many so much time with these characters and then you know yes. they have that come on the screen that she was strangled and found dead and you're just right. kind of devastated at that point oh, and you're it's, like it's so sad because it, it's such a celebratory movie and then yes. you, to be hit in the face with real life something like that it's just like oh gross
0: yeah and that is I mean it also bring you know, points out the sad fact of we as LGBTQ people face a certain amount of threat of violence at times. And particularly trans or gender nonconforming people. And particularly if you, you know, put you you are a sex worker too. Right. right? That's an unfortunate uh situation. And it, yeah, I mean it's and then I don't know. Then again, like I was saying, you had to start thinking about how many other people that were in this film died. Angie extravaganza. She died also in 93 from AIDS. Octavia died in 97. I I forget what the, what that was like a heart attack or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then will, who appears here as the younger Hector extravaganza. He just died last December.
3: Uh, Wow. um, Well, and uh, Pepper LaBeja died in 2003.
0: Yeah, thank you. And Pepper. And there was someone else too. I mean, you know, it was just like, wow, you have, that's in many of them, yes, as we're saying, AIDS. Mm -hmm. But then there are, you know, a few that under these questionable violent circumstances.
3: Right. Well, I will say, though, that's that's the awesome power of a documentary is that we get to meet these people that we necessarily wouldn't be able to tell their stories now um, because they probably would have been lost. And I think that's really important to remember that uh, documentarianism needs to exist and proper journalism needs to exist just so that we can remember, you know, and talk about what happened in the past from a truthful experience and also celebrate those lives and mourn those losses. Now Agreed.
2: This is okay. why I love you folks. You just say the most wonderful things. <laughs> Thanks, so,
3: Darren.
0: <laughs> does anybody need to take a break? Because I'm going to get into some heavy questions.
2: Uh, I- I'm good. Yeah, spit them out.
0: Was that a yeah? in there? Yeah,
2: do you need to take a break before you get into your heavy questions? I think everybody else is okay to go forward. If you...
0: Okay, I don't have like... Tons more, but I just was checking in because it, it had been, I figured, about an hour. So anyway, now, the film has a couple controversies surrounding it. Mm-hmm. One, and this is something you see many times with documentarians and are how are they compensating their subjects? I mean, there are, of course, certain documentary interviewees. That uh, will completely wave their name and likeness over in perpetuity for nothing, which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous, in my opinion. But there are others, you know, and also how much of your time are you spending with them? Obviously, this is the kind of documentary where you are spending more time with specific individuals. It's not like little clips, you know. So you would hope these people would be better compensated than maybe some other documentaries i know a few of the subjects brought a case against jenny livingston the director uh a little while i forget how long it was after the movie came out but asking for more money because Mm -hmm. i I, you know i and i don't and there's some of it that was unclear and i think it ended up the case ultimately ended up being dropped but there was a settlement and you to some extent but I don't know. How do you feel about that? I mean, I they were. I I think it makes sense if you spend a certain amount of time with a documentary subject, give them at least a fee and then a percentage of profits.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. It's, I think, really, what that comes down to is what were the agreed upon upfront things what? and whether that was explained or not right um which in this case maybe that's why they felt they needed more is just because it was not agreed upon up front right um but that that is really you have to be crystal clear when you are working with people especially on a i what i would say a low budget documentary that I'm doing this for this purpose, and right. it, I won't necessarily be able to compensate you for the amount of time that I spend with you. But a lot of the times with documentaries, it's where the story takes you, and you can't necessarily know upfront how long you're going to spend with each individual because the story evolves over time, right? Uh, and and if the story takes you towards one character more than the other, then maybe you need to sit down and renegotiate how that the, you know how you're compensating that person or how right. you're doing, but it's hard to say I'm going into this thing that I know, you know, very little about and see where it goes. I mean, think of like making a murderer, for instance, like when they right. went into that, they had no idea where that was going to take them. I don't think that anyone knew that that was going to become a 10 part series, you know? So I think that's well, kind of how I feel. And, and in the same way, I, I
1: don't think that Jenny Livingston knew that she was going to spend six years on it. And so no. like, you know, I, I think that, you know, people who, who creates, um, art I don't and- think she
0: thought she was going to make money on it
1: yeah sure exactly and so like there's there's no probable way of saying like well here's how much you're gonna get because you don't know how much you're gonna get you have no idea um you know what I what I would hope is that you know and I I don't really know how how all that played out to be honest I don't know if Jenny Livingston gave some of the proceeds you know I, I'm sure that she because she did have a grant to do the movie in the first place so I, I'm sure that also part of that had to be um had to be regulated by what the grant actually said. I mean, anybody who gets who's ever had a who's ever had grant money knows that there's rules about about the revenue that comes in. Um, so I think there's that part. Um, I'm I'm sure that some of the proceeds must have gone to the community in some way, but I mean, I, like
0: I don't I, know all the specifics of it.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think for anyone to um, I don't know, I guess want more afterward. If, that, if that's what we're what we're asking here. I mean it sucks, but i I don't know I guess this is how it comes down really
3: yeah I guess I'd have to know more about the situation to really yeah. make a fully formed opinion on yeah. it but um I would think that if she had you know success with this and knowing the living situation of most of the people that she interviewed that right. I would hope that she would want to share some of that wealth um but I, I'm just not sure
0: yeah no I'm I I don't know exactly either and I mean I partly bring it up just as a general question about documentaries Mm -hmm. as a genre, but as uh, also, I didn't know if you knew more about the situation because it has, there's been a certain backlash within the LGBTQ community against this film because of that. Hmm. But the other sense of backlash and that's my other question that I wanted to bring up, regardless of the fact that this is a, queer director this is a white director that is filming you know a a subject that is predominantly you know people of color does that change the lens of everything because I I don't know I I started I went down a wormhole (laughs) and I started reading bell hooks (laughs) as you do (laughs) you know bell hooks had she has she has certain feelings on drag as a whole which i i don't completely agree with or she just she feels that it's like inherently misogynistic um mm-hmm. uh, which i don't think it is i i think it can be i don't know if it's done wrong mm-hmm. but that is that's kind of anything if if it's done wrong it can del- you know go into something right, else sure but she sees it as this these balls are like a ritual for these members of the black and Latinx community. So there's like a ritual for them, but from a white filmmaker, it becomes a, spe- a spectacle. I mean, that's that's her word. that she I, And I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't,
1: I don't, I don't buy that argument. I, um, I, I think that it's said over and over again that these are, I, I, I don't, you can you can critically view these as rituals if if you if you like to do that um but it's said over and over again you know from the actual participants that this is a spectacle in, in itself yeah so i mean um i don't know i i don't i i'm speaking as a white person i'm fully aware of that but like i don't have an issue with jenny livingston as a white director like doing this and i, and I don't for a number of reasons number one she she got consent from her subjects which i think is important um and number two, um you know, with that consent in mind like there's like if she if this had not been done we wouldn't know about this you wouldn't you would not know about venus extravaganza you would not know about pepper Labeja, you would not know about uh Corey. you wouldn't know about willy ninja you would not know about this amazing culture that existed yeah. and we would not have a sense of our history of where we come from and so like I think it's really important that this that this exists and that, and that it's here. And um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it at all, not in the least.
0: I think that, yes, with certain white directors, it could have been a problem. But I think it was treated respectfully because I think there was enough sense of, the, I, I don't know. It, and, and I don't know if it, there's also then the argument of, would it have changed if she, Jenny Livingston, had appeared in any of the scenes with while she was, you know, interviewing her subjects? I mean, would that have changed it and made it, like, more personal, like, like well-meaning? I, no, I don't think so. I don't think you need that. I think you can still have a sense, I think it's still a sense of being personal, but... You know, because you do hear her, you know, talking to the different individuals, but she treats it, I feel it's a celebration. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: No, I think that um, I- if you looked at this uh, in a way that could have been self-serving from from a racial perspective is if, mm-hmm. if she would have went in to this uh, highly, you know, people of color area and found only the white people and followed them in the documentary, yeah. then I could see the argument. But she found yeah, people know. from all different races, cultures, like from all over. So I truly think she th- thought of it as a celebration. And I'm, I'm a little ashamed that people would kind of um, take that and you know bring it to that point because I, I, I guess I just don't see it that way whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I I like the story that was told and I think there didn't seem to be any ulterior motives behind the telling of the story. It feels like she's just trying to tell the story that she saw. And some some documentarians you can tell are trying to, I mean, everyone's trying to tell a story, but some try to lead it a little bit more. This felt a bit more natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think she's she's just a fly on the wall, frankly.
0: Right? No, and no. I I I think that's exactly what it is.
2: This is coming out or is out now I sometime in June, two thousand nineteen. This is supposed to be coming back into theaters. It might still be on Netflix. I don't it know. is still on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it is.
3: So watch it while it's there. watch yeah. it <laughs> while it's
2: there. I I hope you've checked it out by now, but if not check it out before it costs you one hundred and thirty dollars
3: that's crazy it would be interesting to see this as like a remastered you know re-release of this that'd be very interesting to see
2: i don't see a lot of the footage having been destroyed on purpose or anything like that that seems to happen right. when, you know you used to tape over the film and stuff so there there might even be more stuff but yeah this is i think the wikipedia said it was 78 minutes
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, Yeah. So it's really quick. It's quite interesting, I would say. And I think it's very important that, uh, you know, thank you all for coming to talk about this for for Pride Month. You know, I think that's a point of Pride Month. You know, here in Columbus, they're doing a little bit of independent pride not associated with Stonewall. The Stonewall one's still going on, but there's still the the issues stemming from the the arrest of the Black Pride 4, I don't know how many people outside of Ohio are familiar with them, but they were protesters that got arrested at Columbus's regular Pride Parade. And they were basically left out to dry by Stonewall, our local Stonewall. Wow. Um, And, you know, uh, they were black trans activists. It was right after the... Flando castile verdict clearing the cop and a whole bunch of other stuff but yeah they got arrested they were charged with attacking police all this crazy ass shit and um i don't i don't even want to say luckily because they didn't do anything wrong but they were primarily uh, eventually after pressure not from stonewall to it's a big messy mess, but yeah, we're, we're going to have the regular pride that happens at the same park and has a lot more corporate sponsors. And then there's the community pride that's, oh, that's cool. going on.
1: Awesome.
3: Yeah. Chicago does the thing that they do every year. It's kind of never, <laughs> it's never changed and it, 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 it is what it is kind of a thing. It's, it's more for, it's more for the suburban people than for the people that actually live in the neighborhood, but Wait, that's okay. Doubt, yeah.
0: <laughs> I have to say the thing that well I haven't gone to regular pride for a few years, I've just been going to the Dyke march, which is a day before, and that's because that's more political, mm-hmm. um, not just because it's you know female centric. It's because it's actually more there. It's political, mm-hmm. um, but this time because it's 50th anniversary of Stonewall, there is a whole massive event here with the Reclaim uh, Pride Coalition.
1: That's awesome. It's going to be an
0: alternate uh, march in, entirely. Yeah. Going and it's going to go up to uh, Central Park while the other march is going to go like down to the West Village, like usual, like and have the big, you know, whatever corporate stuff. And mm-hmm. yes, so... Guess which march I'll be in. <laughs> oh, God, <yes. laughs> Unfortunately, I hate Central Park, but I'll be there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm glad that they finally are recognizing that. I mean, there just have been growing. It's been a growing number of people that have been dissatisfied with how much corporate sponsorship and whatever, and yeah. in, the, in the police too. And that's how the dike the, the dike march started. You know, whatever 20 plus years ago was because of the cops, too. And it's been like that it is they're like, no cops, but unfortunately, they've gotten to the point where the stupid city injects a couple traffic cops at a, a couple points. Yeah. Which you're like, whatever. Yeah. But.
3: What are you going to do? Exactly. I don't want
0: to get hit by the Midtown bus. That's the <laughs> other, I mean, but they have human chains rather than cops and bar- barricades. So it's still pretty guerrilla. That's cool. And, yeah. So I'm ga- imagining that's what's going to happen with the reclaim bright thing too.
2: I, I'm trying not to keep everybody for, for too long. I am happy to listen to this conversation for however long, but um <laughs> Who's got? uh, This is coming out early June, of course. uh, The beginning of Pride Month here in America. Is it Pride Month in other countries? I haven't really paid much attention. I've been so distracted by the horribleness that is America.
1: People people generally tend to tend to do Pride around the same time. Like I know, for example, in London, uh, their Pride is going to be July sixth that weekend um so you know it's generally around the same time you know a lot of it really just depends on the weather yeah so like for example in hawaii they have pride in october um because mm. in the summer it's just it's just too hot same with, to do same it. with arizona and new yeah, mexico and stuff right. like that it just depends and then you know and there are other places too where like they capitalize on you know when people are coming back to school for example or this mm. or that so it just depends on um on what's going on
3: but i think june is the nationally like yeah. oh, like that's because, what
2: because of Stonewall. Exactly. Yeah, and That was June 28th? 26th. It
1: started on the 27th, I think, in 1969.
2: And it was three days. Yes, it was. Yeah.
0: It's Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera that threw the uh, first brick and Molotov cocktail that <laughs> knocked it off.
2: The shot glass heard around the world. Like, yeah.
0: Which, actually, I wanted to bring them up because they because there you hear in this movie the use of the word uh still use the worst word transvestite it was still a period where they were kind of starting just starting to change from that to i mean transgender was already a word but it really didn't become into like wider use until the 90s yeah so this was in but transsexuals more what you started hearing around this time yeah right. But because of Marcia and uh, Sylvia, it was they really were instrumental in the activism around uh, trans visibility. So I just thought I'd mention them because of that. That's awesome. Speaking of knowing our history, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm lucky to be surrounded by such intelligent people. I'm always learning stuff, and I'm a big fucking know-it-all. So that's that's a hard thing to do.
0: <laughs> one last thing. One last thing I, I do want to bring up is if you're talking about knowing history and also a good, good comprehensive book is called is it Stonewall or Stonewall Rebellion from, uh, Martin Duberman. And it's a really good comprehensive history of Stonewall and part of it's just basic like history telling But some of it is interviews with actual people, participants. And so it's it's really good that way. And actually, I have one of his newer books, and I'm ashamed to say I haven't. I put it back. I put it down, so I haven't really been reading it. But it's speaking of assimilation. Earlier, it is has the gay movement failed? (laughs) Hmm. And a lot of what, and also you'll see when you if you read the the Stonewall book, Martin Duberman, he is definitely of the mind of it's should be gay liberation we try to achieve not equality
3: Mm.
0: it's liberation so he's a little bit more radical with some of his his think his his politics so i
1: agree
0: well no i agree too but he he's a great historian so even if you're not that radical still read the. but you want to know more about stonewall read the stonewall book
1: cool awesome. Anyway. I will. Well, Darren, thank you for um for hosting the the uh, another Pride episode. And thank you for having us on. It it means a lot to us. Um and uh yeah, just thank you.
2: Mhm. Oh, thank thank you for coming. I'm happy to be able to do it and it's very informative to me. Wonderful conversation. Great choice again. Anybody want to plug anything that's happening around June or July or
3: well, our regular uh, episode in June will be all around. Uh, we're kind of calling it Gay in the USA. And we've taken uh, snapshots from all different people from across, you know, uh, I, Vanessa's on it. It's a you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, we've, we've gathered.
0: I my rant got to you.
3: <laughs> no, it was great. It was good. Um, but what we're going to be doing is taking all these different uh, queer podcasters from across the, tw- <laughs> it's basically the Twitterverse, I'll say that, but and kind of bringing them all together to kind of talk about their own personal horrors and kind of what they're hopeful for in the future. So I think it's going to be a really good episode. It's going to be probably my most editing that I've ever had to do. So um, it'll it'll probably come out like around mid June. So that'll
2: be for Friday the 13th. Vanessa, what do we have going on for pride? We should probably say at the VD clinic podcast.
0: So at the VD clinic podcast, you will get all four of us again. (laughs) Um, For well, our referral slip is all going to be. Pride uh, themed, anyway. But for our main episode, um, all four of us will be there because we'll get Andrew and Maddie as our guests.
1: Yes!
0: Yay! I'm so excited. For speaking of knowing your fucking history and your icons, Harvey Fierstein. Harvey. Torch Song Trilogy. The he wrote the play um, won a Tony for it, and but we we're doing the film from I what '88. And then we are doing the novel, the Jewel uh, Jewel Gomez novel, The Gilda Stories.
2: All can be found at legionpodcasts.com and pretty much anywhere that you look for podcasts. I know we do the little bit of the teeny bit of wisdom at the end, uh, occasionally at the end of the episodes. I, I forget who it was that was saying it. It was one of the veterans, but talking about life... Just enjoy it. But if you shoot an arrow and it goes real high, hooray for you.
1: Dorian Corey. This is
2: fun. Thank you again. Thank you for your time. Thank you, uh, scholars of Northwestern, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for the time that you, you sat there listening. Thank you, Vanessa, as always. And Of course. Don't forget to duck and cover.